The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 216 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Um, Prior to uh, retiring from medical practice, Um, I did various things. After retiring, I became a spokesperson, an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is combining conventional and complementary medicine. Now, for people with medically incurable illnesses, conventional medicine, the medicine that most physicians practice, is often essential, but it may also be insufficient. So we're seeing more and more interest in care that differs from conventional medical care. More and more people are interested in taking charge of their own health. More and more family caregivers are interested in getting more involved with the treatment of their loved ones. And so what we're seeing is more and more interest in ways of care for health problems that conventional medicine doesn't cure, ways for getting help that seems to fall outside the scope of modern medicine, and ways for increasing the effectiveness of conventional medicine, which is why our topic, combining conventional and complementary medicine, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Dr. Mimi Guarnieri. Uh, Mimi is is board-certified in cardiology, internal medicine, nuclear medicine, and holistic medicine. She specializes in integrative medicine, She pioneered state-of-the-art cardiac imaging technology integrated with lifestyle change programs to aggressively diagnose, prevent, and treat cardiovascular disease. She's a member of the American College of Cardiology, Alpha Omega Alpha, the American Medical Women's Association, and president of the American Board of Holistic Medicine. In 2009, she was honored as the ARCS Scientist of the Year. Uh, In 2011, she won um, the Bravewell Leadership Award, which honors a physician leader who has has significantly contributed to the transformation of the U.S. healthcare system. In 2012, she received the Linus Linus Pauling Functional Medicine Lifetime Achievement Award from the Institute for Functional Medicine and the Grace A. Goldsmith Award from the American College of Nutrition. She's author of the book, The Heart Speaks. So welcome to the show, Mimi. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you. Now, first question for you. Please tell us any more you would like us to know about your personal story. Well, uh, 
as you so uh, eloquently put it, I was trained in conventional medicine, and for many years I was putting in coronary stents, metal sleeves that hold the arteries open. I was placing about 700 of these a year, and I began to uh, realize that although we're so good at doing mechanical fixes and acute care in Western medicine, uh, that we were very poor in preventing problems in the first place. And in those people that have chronic disease, we had very little to offer that wasn't a drug or surgery. So I began to think about the heart and all of its complexity from the physical heart to the emotional heart to the spiritual heart and realized that just placing a stent was a small piece of the puzzle and that I needed to do more. Mimi, I'd like to ask you to tell us more about your pioneering work with integrative medicine and where you did it. Mimi? I was at Scripps Clinic in La Jolla, California in the 1990s, and that's where I was doing all of my training in these invasive procedures for people, for their hearts. And then I would see my patients in the hospital, and I would watch how they were being fed uh, roast beef sandwiches, for example, after just having a cardiac procedure, that there was this very large disconnect between preventing heart disease, for example, and treating heart disease. And I began to do some research in the 90s with Dr. Dean Ornish, who uh, you may recall was studying whether we can reverse plaque in vessels through things like yoga and meditation, vegetarian diet, exercise, and group support. And in the course of doing this research and seeing people's lives transformed, I realized that we needed to complete the circle of care and do all of the things that the global healing traditions have to offer us in addition to Western conventional medicine. And at that time, we called it integrative medicine. It's the best of all worlds. And we pioneered the Scripps Center for Integrative Medicine. Mimi, please tell us about the medical services you provide in integrative medicine. Well, I like to think about integrative medicine as having a holistic philosophy, treating the whole person, body, mind, emotions, and spirit. So for the physical body, you may think of proper nutrition, fitness, uh, proper sleep, micronutrients, magnesium, and so on. Uh, for the emotional body, how do we respond to stress and tension? Uh, how do we improve our resiliency? Uh, spiritually, where are we at in our life? What is our purpose in life? Uh, what brings us joy? And so on. So when you look at someone holistically, you start to think, what is out there in the best of all the global healing traditions that can help people to heal? And you have to remember, healing is different from curing. So for me, it was about picking the best of all of these global healing traditions, whether it was meditation or acupuncture, deep tissue massage, nutrition, fitness, uh, all of these pieces together, healing touch, and so on, to bring those pieces to my patients. Many of these um, traditional traditions in healing um, go back a very, very long time. Um, it's as though humanity 
has grown up with them. Um, and certainly they predate conventional medicine. Now, is that something, is it right then to say that to some extent, Western medicine has pushed aside some of these traditional, traditional methods that we've known about so long? Well, it's quite sad to say that uh, in 1910, the Flexner Report uh, came out, which basically was intended to look at what can we keep in medical schools, what is good medical school education, and what is considered quackery. And certainly there were a lot of things going on that we would not consider uh, good, proper care today. But unfortunately, in that process, many, many things were cut out. For example, homeopathy uh, was one that suffered greatly uh, after this report. Naturopathy uh, has suffered. And these are uh, global healing traditions that, as you said, have been around for a very long time. And then we have the start of Medicare and insurances, and it became what insurance pays for is what you get. And many people develop a philosophy, if my insurance doesn't pay for it, then either it's not good or uh, I simply can't afford it, so I won't have it. And we've lost many, many valuable, valuable techniques uh, because of some of these decisions that we made along the way. Uh, even something as simple as nutritional counseling, which Hippocrates said, food is medicine, uh, has, is barely taught in medical schools. Uh, so uh, things like homeopathy, which have such value, healing touch, recognizing that the body has, uh, whether you want to call it key or prana, uh, that we have a vital force that we should be working with and promoting one's health, all of this uh, was lost over time. And these are some of the things that I personally uh, have brought back into my medical practice. I want to equate what you've just been saying with some of the things that I've learned about talking on this show with family caregivers and also looking back. Um, family caregiving uh, is as old as humanity, isn't it? I mean, it, it goes back to the very beginning. And Therefore, I see a strong link between the traditions and the family caregiving because, after all, it was usually the mother, mostly the mother, who would carry on these, um, the, the family caregiving and also presumably carrying on the traditions. Am I right in what I say? Do you agree with me? I, I totally agree with you, and I also think we have to think of the communities that do caregiving. It's not just limited to the family. When you think, when you go back in time, the whole community would gather around to support bringing someone's life back into balance and whatever that meant and what, in whatever way possible. It wasn't this isolated event. Uh, and we, unfortunately, uh, have lost some of that. So really, it's a matter of communities, and if we take the family as a kind of community, it's a community within a community that's, that's fostered these traditions, carried them on, and which we're now looking at again. Is that a fair summary? I think it is fair, absolutely. Because what I think we, we're becoming aware of 
in our North American environment, particularly where distances are a, a real challenge, um, that is to say, families can be all over the place. The question then is, how is the caring maintained? How is the advice given? Where does the information flow from? And all of those kinds of things are getting more difficult. And then when we turn that around, the very modern thing that we're talking on now, that is the internet and things like that, seem to be a way of bringing people together. So um, we're going to run out of time on this episode, on this um, segment any moment. But what I'd like to uh, perhaps review with you in a moment is how we can make better use of the modern technology like the internet to support the traditional healing and caring that you're talking about. Anyway, that's um, something that we will do a little bit later on, but now it's time for the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guest is Dr. Mimi Guarneri. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Power River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. There are people that are sometimes labeled to be ones who spread conspiracy theories. The truth is, many of these so-called theories are based in actual reality. Despite this, so many people feel powerless to do anything about the flaws and injustices in governments and corporations. Listen for Real Conspiracies with Scientific and Spiritual Solutions with host Dr. Robert Newton. Tune into this empowering program every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Mimi Guarneri. Our topic is combining conventional and complementary medicine. So let's discuss conventional and complementary medicine and the health conditions for which combining the two of them is especially helpful. So first off, Mimi, what is complementary medicine and how does it compare with and differ from conventional medicine so the way i teach it to my patients is like this i say if you have a tree and a tree has fruit and the fruit on the tree is sick in conventional medicine we would label the fruit for example we would say you have diabetes 
you have high blood pressure, you have depression, and so on. So in conventional medicine, we label things, and then we say, how do we tame this? You know, name it, blame it, tame it. And usually the way we tame it is with medication or with surgery. In integrative medicine, we recognize that if a tree, again, using the same analogy, is having a problem and there's sick fruit, we don't simply go up and cut off the branches or just label the fruit and target a medication toward each individual problem. We go into the soil and we say, what's going on in the soil of someone's body that's leading to illness? Because we know today that it's how we live our lives, what we eat, who we eat with, how we sleep, our resiliency, all of these things interact with our genes, and we turn genes on and turn genes off, what's now called epigenetics, that either leads to sickness or to health. So when I say to my patients, if you have a fruit on your tree labeled diabetes, and I give you a medicine for that, you should say to me, why do I have diabetes? And then the solution becomes clear because once we know why someone has something, we can come up with what's going on in the soil. Does that make sense? Certainly does to me because that way we're getting at things that we need to understand if not only for treating purposes but for prevention and for other kinds of caring that is, giving some sense of where it all goes. And I, I'll just be very quick about this. Then the question comes of what about those deeper causes? Do they get passed on from one generation to another through the genetics? Now, we may have a chance to come back to that later on, but certainly I'm fully with you on, on that, that fruit analogy, which I think is great. Now, I'd like to ask you, what types of health conditions do you regard as most likely to benefit from combining conventional and complementary medicine? There is not a health condition that doesn't benefit from the combination of what we call integrative holistic medicine. Let's go back to the fruit analogy of diabetes. We ask the question, what's causing the diabetes or what's causing the high blood pressure? The answer is in what kind of food is someone eating? What kind of macronutrients do they lack? For example, we know the gut biome is now linked to diabetes. We know toxins is linked to diabetes, eating white food and uh, drinking sodas and so on, the obvious things are linked to diabetes. Physical fitness, stress uh, is linked to diabetes, not sleeping at night. So once we have this information, we can then say, okay, now, as you have said so aptly, we can prevent the problem and we can treat the problem. And it doesn't matter what the label is. If it's hypertension, we say, what kind of food are you eating? Are you stressed? What is your resiliency? Are you sleeping well? And so on and so forth. So all of the conditions that you can 
think of. I can come up with a plan that would include holistic integrative medicine or uh, another way of thinking about that complementary and conventional medicine. Now, let's talk about bring the family caregivers into the picture again. Um, I'd like you to describe to us, please, Mimi, the ways in which family caregivers can assist in bringing the benefits to their family members of what I'm continuing to call the combination of conventional and complementary medicine. How, what, what can, how can and what can family caregivers to do to bring those benefits to their family members? The first thing I want to say to any caregiver is they have to take care of themselves first. I don't want to forget that. When we go on a plane and they say, if the oxygen mask falls, who do you put it on to? The flight attendant says, put it on yourself first, because we can't give and we can't care for anyone if our cup is not full. So the first thing I'd like to say to all the caregivers who are in this uh, wonderful position of caring for a loved one, uh, which, is, which to me it just flows from the heart, that they have to take care of themselves in the process. And it's the same thing. It's about how do I take time for me? How do I uh, eat properly? How do I make sure I'm getting enough sleep? And so on. There are particular techniques, of course, for everything. For example, a family member in pain maybe could be benefited by a healing touch technique or a reflexology technique or nausea, for example, could be benefited by learning some simple acupressure techniques. These are things that family members uh, can learn if they so choose to uh, so that they can actually uh, be with their uh, loved one in the caregiving role, uh, assisting them when necessary. I'd like to now ask the question that I hinted at before, which is, in these modern electronic times, how to make use of the Internet and all that goes with it to bring about the understanding of the things you're describing, Mimi, and the way in which they can benefit, and you've just made the point, not only the family member, but also the family caregiver. What, what do you see as the role of the Internet in all of this? Well, the Internet is a great resource. Uh, it is a tool. Uh, for example, you can go into any search engine and type in acupressure points for nausea and get some information, uh, breathing techniques for relaxation and get information, it's also a social media tool and a social connection tool. There are people who are in chat rooms uh, for every possible uh, condition, disease, for caregivers and so on, where you can talk to other people so that you don't feel like you're so alone. And truthfully, we learn from each other. And uh, something that someone else has learned or benefited from may help me or may help my loved one. Uh, so it's a great connecting tool. It's also, Mimi, a matter of concern, isn't it, to all of us, that some of the things that are, some of the information on the Internet isn't actually very reliable, and also sometimes the information that people put 
about themselves out on the internet can be used against them. Um, what we're talking about is the usual problem that technology does brilliant things, but it also brings risks. And that's exactly what you were saying, really, about medications. Um, but let's talk about that. How would um, a family caregiver who is interested in the kind of things you've been talking about um, go to the internet to find the things that you would want them to find and avoid the things that you would want them to avoid? So we have to find our trusted resources. So, for example, if someone wanted to find a practitioner that's trained appropriately, they may go to a website for the American Board of Integrative Holistic Medicine where you can find a physician that's trained, for example, in this way. They may go to the website for the Institute for Functional Medicine, or they may go to some training program sites, such as the University of Arizona Integrative Medicine Program, or the Naturopathic Association, Practitioners Association. So you want to get your information from a credible place uh, and not just from anywhere. And so learning what these credible sources are and maybe having a list available would be uh, great for all of your listeners. Uh, we can put this together so that they have a place that they can turn to for information. Yes, please. We'll talk about that later on, but I think that's a great idea and I think we should act on it. Let me just stay, though, on this question of the way in which information flows. Um, support groups, as you know, um, exist in connection with various kinds of illnesses where families, people, people with the condition get together to talk about things. Are those the places in which um, the, the complementary medicine philosophies can also be or are also discussed? They certainly can be, and again, you want it to come uh, from a credible source. And certainly any information that a caregiver may get, they may want to talk to their physician about it. They may want to say, uh, I heard that um, acupressure, for example, can help with nausea, and I learned this simple technique. And they can vet that out with their physician or healthcare provider uh, just to feel comfortable with what they're doing. Uh, same thing with healing touch, for example. They may take a level one healing touch training class and learn some techniques. And if they're taking a legitimate training class, uh, for example, they uh, will, it's coming from a credible body. So if you're not certain, uh, what the source is, or if you're not comfortable with something, we always say to uh, check it out uh, with your healthcare person. Right. Now, I'm going to be talking and asking you uh, in the next segment about more to do with the supports that family caregivers need um, in filtering. Not wasn't the word you used, but I think I understand that in the sense that um, this was going for the information which is valuable, which is trustworthy, and knowing where to go 
so that the information they get, the information they receive, is trustworthy, it is understandable, and it is going to be useful. So that's something that I'd like us to discuss in a bit more detail when we talk about the support. Now that brings us to the time for the break once more. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Dr. Mimi Guarneri. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, the Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Mimi Guarneri. Our topic is combining conventional medicine and complementary medicine. So now let's explore in more detail the supports that families family caregivers and family members need to help them benefit most from, and I'm still staying with this, and Mimi, if you disagree with me the way I put this, please tell me, uh, the combination of conventional and complementary medicine. So what supports do family caregivers need in guiding everyone in their family towards that ideal combination where the complementary medicine figures in their lives in the way that you would like it to. Mimi? I think that people get all sorts of information uh, from everywhere, and it becomes very confusing. So it's very important to have a few uh, resources that you can potentially trust. For example, there's the uh, Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine, what's called NCAM, uh, which has 
credible information on various types, for example, of modalities that may benefit uh, our loved ones, uh, whether it's a supplement or an herb or acupuncture or a treatment of some type, uh, where they'll discuss the evidence behind it, the research behind it, and so on. So that's one trusted uh, resource. There are, there are professional organizations uh, like the American Board of Integrative Holistic Medicine, like the American Holistic Medical Association. These are boards of physicians uh, that are putting out uh, trained uh, people and credible information. So it's a matter of uh, if you have a question, you know, going and trying to find your trusted resource. Now, I want to focus on the situation where a family, family caregiver, family member, um, is focused on a particular health condition. It might be a heart heart condition. Somebody might have had um, a heart attack. It might be a stroke. It might be any of these rather fearsome uh, things that happen to people's health. Where would family caregivers go to get the information that they would find helpful, useful, and necessary in regard to complementary medicine when they're starting out with that kind of tough diagnosis? Where would they go for that information? Well, there's not just one place. That's the hard part. But let's say you picked heart as an example. So the first thing you would want to do is say, do I have a physician in my neighborhood that or, or that I can get to that's trained in integrative medicine or trained in compl combining complementary and conventional medicine? And you can get that information through uh, certifying bodies, for example, again, such as the American Board of Integrative Holistic Medicine, University of Arizona, uh, training program for integrative medicine, BraveWell, uh, which is another organization. Uh, because if you really have a medical issue, you would love, ideally, to have a physician that specializes in integrative uh, cardiology, for example, or integrative oncology. I mean, these physicians exist, uh, or you would want to see your conventional physician and a naturopathic physician who is frequently uh, trained in nutrition and nutraceuticals and mind-body medicine. So depending on your location and the resources available to you, uh, that would be my first step is really who can you talk to in person, not just to rely on the Internet. And if you need to go to the Internet, you may start with the National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine. Uh, that's one option. Now, I'm following up on that question in another way, and that is to ask you this. The services of complementary medicine, to what extent are they covered by insurance, healthcare insurance? To what extent are they recognize, if you like, in the official world of medical bureaucracy and payments and all those kinds of things. What was the reaction to them, Mimi? Well, when we talk about insurance, it really depends on the state you live in and it depends on your particular insurance coverage. 
For example, people that have health savings plans, they can pretty much use their health savings account for all of these complementary therapies, whether it's learning meditation, having an acupuncture treatment, a healing touch treatment, a massage, an osteopathic or chiropractic manipulation. Uh, if you have a health savings account, remember to use it for these types of treatments. Um, some people, for example, uh, have insurance that covers certain things but not everything. Uh, for example, some insurance policies will cover acupuncture. Uh, some insurance policies will cover biofeedback. And again, it is very uh, specific to the individual's policy. Still about the services, um, would a physician, uh, first of all, I'm talking about a, a conventional medicine physician who's um, broadened practice into and services of complementary medicine. Is that the sort of thing that they will, so to speak, put on their shingle, that they will describe themselves? Or is it something that um, family caregivers and patients have to ask about and find out in discussion? How does that work? Well, it's very exciting because starting in May of 2014, the American Board of Physician Specialties is going to start certifying physicians as specialists in integrative medicine. So as of May 2014, integrative medicine will be a recognized specialty by the American Board of Physician Specialists. So that's a big deal because we want people that are really trained uh, with our loved ones. We don't want someone who maybe has taken a weekend course in a particular area. So the board certification uh, will start in May of 2014. And now uh, today we have uh, individuals trained with the initials after their name, ABIHM, diplomate, people trained by the American Board of Integrative holistic medicine. We have people trained by various uh, fellowship programs, such as the University of Arizona's training program in integrative medicine. Uh, so some people have initials after their name, uh, and some you just have to be comfortable saying to the physician, are you trained in this area, uh, or can you uh, help me to find someone who's trained in this area? And again, remembering that many naturopathic physicians are trained in this area. And of course, you can find physicians trained in traditional Chinese medicine, doctors of Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, and so on. And these should all uh, have initials after their name. I want to turn now to the question of who receives this treatment particularly uh, regarding children. Um, please sketch for us the role of uh, integrative medicine and also complementary medicine in dealing with uh, the, the illnesses, the health challenges of childhood. I think it's perfect uh, for children uh, if you can find a well-trained integrative uh, or functional medicine pediatrician uh, children are extremely receptive uh, to things like hypnosis, guided imagery, healing touch. Uh, many children's lives have changed by changing their diet. They have food sensitivities and just, for example, 
stopping dairy in their diet or gluten in their diet can make profound improvements in their health. Uh, so this is, uh, these, many of these modalities, for example, are perfect for children, whether it's art therapy or music therapy. Children do quite well with this. This is um, enormously important in, in a couple of ways. At least it's, this is the way it seems to me. This is giving children um, the kind of opportunity to understand and live their lives, um, find the things that, that help them without having to rely excessively on the medical system. I, the medical system is essential, there's no question, for certain things. On the other hand, undue reliance on it isn't particularly healthy e- e- either. So I, what I'm saying is children learning these kinds of things to me seems a very, kind of things you've been talking about, seem a very promising future for the generations that are growing up. What do you think? I couldn't agree with you more. If I had my choice, as children are going through school, I would teach them techniques like guided imagery, breathing techniques to promote relaxation. I would teach them uh, meditation and uh, gentle uh, yoga techniques. Uh, There is no doubt in my mind that a child uh, can have a different life if they have control of uh, their emotions when life throws you a curveball, uh, how to resolve conflict differently, and so on. Uh, we teach children uh, self-hypnosis, and it's just amazing how a child, particularly a child in pain, uh, can benefit uh, from some of these uh, less, from some of these techniques. Just to go a little bit further into that same thing, um, I recently did an episode on grieving and the support as being offered to children um, and young adults um, when a family member has died or died under difficult circumstances. And at the very point that the children were being, in effect, turned, taught, they had an opportunity to learn what grieving meant, that it was part of a healing process, but that it had to be, it needed to be understood lest it get out of hand and, in effect, spoil the lives of the child, spoil the future, and generally get in the way. So that educational element that you're talking about, I think, and you've said it, has many applications in many circumstances of life many difficulties of life, and for our young generation growing up in a complex society, to go back to (laughs) the the more basic things of humanity sounds to me a very thrilling thing. Now, at that point, uh, we're against the time pressure, so we have to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Hathaway, and my guest is Dr. Mimi Guarneri. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We're coming back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. 
How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Mimi Guarneri. Our topic is Combining Conventional and Complementary Medicine. Let's talk about more things, Mimi, that you want to do and you want to see done to help family caregivers in caring for family members who are likely to benefit from this combination of conventional and complementary medicine. Now, I want my first question to you is, what do you want to do and see done to provide more help for family caregivers caring for children? You've already said quite a lot about this, but I want to know what more you want to do and get others to do. Mimi? I would love to see uh, the caregivers for children given resources uh, that can um, guide them to what you're calling uh, complementary therapies. So, for example, uh, have available in the conventional Western system uh, some of these techniques we've been talking about, like hypnosis, like guided imagery, like music therapy or art therapy for children, uh, I'd really like to see this embedded as just part of medicine, not alternative medicine, not complementary medicine. Once there's evidence, it's just medicine. It's just good medicine. So, uh, unfortunately, family members are not given the information. They don't even know many things exist that can potentially benefit their child. And I think every physician, every healthcare system is obligated and should be obligated to say, this is how else you can help your child and how you can prevent pain and suffering. Same question, what you want to do and see done to provide more help for family caregivers caring for aging family members living at home. And I'm thinking there of family members who are nearing the end of life, um, family members who are traveling down that sad road of Alzheimer's disease, and family members who are getting frail to the point though they're fine, but they're not quite so capable as they used to be of really looking after themselves. So what more do you want to do and see Dan to provide more of the kind of things you're talking about to family caregivers in those circumstances? 
Again, I would love to have resources available for these family caregivers, not only for the family member they're taking care of, but for themselves as well, whether it's Internet-based support groups, blogs, uh, chat rooms, uh, whether it's learning simple techniques, giving a caregiver uh, some of the tools you know, when someone's in hospice, for example, we give a caregiver medications, give this medication, give that medication, this symptom, you give this or that. Why not teach if someone is having nausea, use this acupressure point. Uh, if someone is feeling pain, let's put on this guided imagery tape. Uh, let's teach you a couple of simple healing touch techniques, giving the caregiver more tools, if you might, so that they can feel good about how they're caring for their family members. And feeling good rather than feeling guilt, and feeling good rather than feeling exhausted, um, and feeling good rather than feeling down or feeling as though you're guilty, uh, is powerful and important. Now I want to go to a particular, a particular question that relates to what doctors call what you and your you in your work and I in mine would call a clinical practice guideline. This is a document. I'm sure our listeners know this. A document that a doctor or a nurse will have, which basically says a group of people who are experts in the particular condition got together and wrote a document laying down what they consider to be the most effective, the best treatment available in the particular circumstances. Now, I'm asking you, Mimi, the question, do you see any value in something equivalent, a family care guideline, if you like, relating to the way in which complementary medicine and all the things you've been talking about can be used reliably and effectively by family caregivers, first for children and then for their elderly family members. What do you think? I think it's great. I think it would be uh, a great document and it's a needed and necessary document. And although we've been frantically trying to put together all the research as it relates to complementary and integrative medicine, I think the more tools that we could give to the caregivers, the more guidelines, uh, the better things will be. Uh, we are getting there with guidelines in general. For example, Europe is way ahead of us. If you look at the guidelines for managing back pain in Europe, they include acupuncture, and they don't even include an epidural injection, for example. So you are absolutely right. We need to have uh, similar guidelines here. And that's where the Internet becomes useful again, because if there's a place to go to to get guidelines which um, people... Mimi, like you and your colleagues, have either been involved in writing them or have uh, reviewed them or have confidence in the people who have done all those things, then if there's a place to go, you print them off from your website, uh, you read them, and there you have something to go by, something to guide you, which you can then go and discuss with your physician, with your nurse, with the rest of your family, and 
put to good advantage. Now, I'm pushing things a little bit when I say that. How far do you go along with me on that one, Mimi? I go so far along with you that uh, I am in the process of uh, putting together a new academy for, um, for what we're going to call Global Advances in Health and Medicine. And I will now tell you that we will seriously uh, put on the docket guidelines uh, of this type uh, and resources uh, for family members to go to uh, because it's exactly what you're saying. Have an agency, which is why we're creating the academy, that knows the best of what's going on out there and can put out credible information. And so it's so important that I've taken some notes uh, to make that a priority for us. Excellent. And as soon as you've got your first one, let's do another episode on this show so, <laughs> so we can advertise them. <laughs> now, Mimi, last question for you, because time is coming to an end, unfortunately. What is your message to families and family caregivers who are caring for children and adults with medically incurable illnesses? Well, first, I would say to those caregivers, please take care of you. Because if you're exhausted, if you're not eating well, if you're not sleeping, you cannot give. The second is the greatest healer is love. So just being present uh, and being the love that you are to the person you're caring for is indeed the most powerful medicine. It's a wonderful message. Um, Mimi, I want to thank you very much for sharing with us your experience, all your insights and your advice. And I want to wish you on behalf of everybody ongoing, continuing and growing success in your work and also um, with the uh, Academy and your desire and intention to provide people with the trustworthy information they need. Great work. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if, you've, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. And in our next episode, we'll talk about moving your adult child to independence. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.